conscious couples, business partners, and singles committed to attracting their dream partner, welcome to the Conscious Couples Podcast, where we share our life, love story, and combined relationship expertise to help you create and consistently cultivate the most magnificent, intimate relationship possible. Never again will you feel hopeless and alone in your intimate relationship challenges. Having accumulated thousands of hours coaching conscious couples and individuals all over the world, as well as starting and growing a global business together, Alan and I are here to guide you and all things relationships. Thank you again for tuning into the one place where it's not about you or me. It's about the the we. Conscious couples and individuals from all over the world, welcome back to the Conscious couples podcast for episode number 35 we're going to talk about is your partner triggering you what is triggering what does that mean what do you do about it all of those things so as always quick shout out for next level podcast solutions thank you so much for uh the podcast production services that you provide thank you thank you thank you uh ladies first sweetheart what is your intention for this episode my intention for this episode is to help our listeners understand when they might be triggered and to help pretty much combine what their feelings might be with an actual um, usable trick within their relationships that can help them get 1% closer to being more in love, more connected, and more in tune with their partners. And likewise for their partners, if they happen to share this episode with them, to figure out the tricks of the trades that can actually be so, so important to deepening your connection in your relationship. So first question, what what is being triggered? So a trigger in psychology is essentially when a stimulus, so anything in the outside world triggers, i.e. is identified by the brain that... So like Oreos in the cupboard. So yeah, a very basic example is Oreos in the cupboard. If your brain knows that the Oreos are there, there's a memory that you probably have when you last ate an Oreo and it was like super duper good, right? So that's a positive trigger, right? If, If that relationship with the Oreos are healthy, right? Adaptive. But say for example, you might have an eating disorder or maybe you are complete weak in the knees when it comes to Oreos and have zero control over yourself when you know that there are Oreos in the cupboard. That might be a negative trigger for you if the Oreos are then taken out of the cupboard and put on, you know, the table and you see it all the time when you walk and it's like your willpower starts to degrade, right? So that's a negative trigger. So essentially it's a stimulus in the outside environment that triggers a a not healthy thing in your memory that creates emotional pain for you. So obviously that's a food example. We can all relate to that. When it comes to being triggered in your relationship, this is essentially where maybe a behavior that your partner has um, enacted upon or maybe a conversation that you had triggered a past memory that your brain still remembers, um, that actually is starting to inflict emotional, psychological, any sort of sociological pain that you might have experienced. So like a great example of this is, say, for example, you've been cheated on in the past. Your brain probably remembers that. You probably remember when your partner was maybe being shady or um, not texting you back as fast as they might have been or might have done X, Y, Z, right? Your brain remembers those little nuances 
if you've ever been in this situation and anything in the outside world in future relationships that remotely even comes close to a similar behavior, your brain automatically equates it to, oh, my partner's cheating on me, right? So that's a huge emotional jump that happens when we do have triggers. And obviously that's one very drastic example, but there's small ones too. So A very small trigger is an example of, you know, if, for example, in the past, your partner whom you love dearly, maybe um, they raised their voice at some point in your relationship unintentionally. And it wasn't necessarily raised it at you, but raised it in the same room that you were in. And then all of a sudden you realize because you're what happened when you're triggered is your body actually goes into fight or flight or fawn, right? One of the four F's that we go through. So fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, which fawning for those of you who don't know, right? It's it's putting other people's needs in front of your own. Also known <clears throat> as appeasing. Also known as appeasing, being a people pleaser, et cetera. Um, say, for example, you were in the same room and your partner raised his or her or their voice. And all of a sudden you noticed that you started to go into one of those Fs. So maybe if you were more in like a freeze state, you started, excuse me, to shrink. You started to get quiet. You started to get mousy. Why? Because maybe in the past your brain remembers that when you were younger, if you had a parent that actually used to yell, what that typically would lead to is some sort of pain, whether it was an emotional disconnect or whether you actually got physically abused when you were younger, your brain remembers that. So anything, again, that remotely comes close to that, even if it's not the case and the consequences aren't actually going to be the same as they were in the past, your brain remembers this. So in relationships, it is so often that people get triggered and they don't actually notice when they're being triggered. And so In this episode, we hope that now that you know what a trigger is, you know what's actually happening in your body, your brain starts to activate all of the soldiers that we have in our body to, you know, do what it knows to serve you moving forward in the relationship. To survive. To really, yeah, survive. Yeah. Fight Um, or flight, essentially what it does is it gets rid of the blood from the brain, brings it to the extremities, ready to run away, flight or freeze. Um, And so in this episode, we have an example. So we have some clients that, Mm -hmm. and, and what we really want to talk about in this episode is attachment styles. Yeah. So when you are triggered, you would typically go into one of three attachment styles. One of two, really. So there's three attachment styles. I'll explain them quickly. But first I'll tell a story. Okay, so we had two clients um, who came to us and they were talking about an incident where one of the partners was essentially doing work in her office and the uh, other partner got home from work. It was super excited to see this other partner and opened the door, even though there was a sign on the door that said, please do not disturb. Mm -hmm. And this triggered the partner who put the sign on, please do not disturb because her boundaries were infiltrated in the past and she, her brain associated this with all these negative things that flooded her. Yeah. And so we talked to them about their attachment styles. There's three primary attachment styles. Number one is secure which you're not triggered. Picture a centered state where you're not triggered and you're very, very um, calm, cool, collected, and secure. Mm -hmm. You're not uncertain. You're not insecure. Mm -hmm. When you are triggered, you're going to jump to one of two extremes, okay? So picture from zero to 10 and then five is centered and secure. Zero would be uh, anxious and then 10 would be avoidant. Avoidant attachment style is essentially when you're triggered, you flight, you run away, you avoid, you don't want, Um, you want to run away essentially 
anxious attachment style is essentially when you want reassurance, you want love, you want to make sure that things are okay with you and your partner. And so there's a lot of different attachment styles and there's nuances to these, but the the main three are those three. So there's secure, there's avoidant, and there's anxious. And typically in a relationship, one partner will take the avoidant road while the other partner is anxious. And a lot of times the avoidance tendency will actually trigger the anxious tendency to want to be even more needy or even more anxious, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do in this episode is help you understand which one are you Mm. and then when you're triggered, be able to identify it and then what to do about it. Mm. So if you're looking at like the world population, according to the date, the most recent data that we have about when it comes to attachment styles, about 50% of the world population, personally, I don't believe this. But this is what the stats show. 50% of people are secure attachment styles. The other 45% is either avoidant or anxious attachment styles. The other 5% is fearful, but we won't really get into that because that's a very small minority. But when you when you think about that, that's almost half of the population that are either anxious or avoidant attachment styles. So that's pretty significant. And To Alan, Bib, your point, when you don't necessarily know much about attachment styles because why we weren't necessarily taught about relationships growing up, that was maybe never something that was a discussion around the, you know, table, if you will. It's really important to understand what, like what, what type of attachment style do you have and why that's important? Because when you come into a relationship, you bring all of this, um, these nuances with you. And it's, and I'm not going to refer to it as baggage. It's just more so an awareness of who you are and kind of what makes you tick because someone who might have an avoidant attachment style, like you said, they actually, when they're triggered, they actually might want space. Now, if they're in a relationship like these clients that we have, that the other partner is actually anxious, that's one partner is going to want to get closer while the other partner actually wants distance. And so what that creates is hugely, it's, it's largely a huge void when it comes to the relationship, because what ends up happening is one partner might internalize like, why is my partner kind of running away from me? Like I thought they loved me. And so there's the script that we end up rehearsing in our brain. If they love me, then they will, you know, hug me when I, I go for a hug. So like an anxious attachment person, they might say, I need love. That's my basic need. And the way in which love is shown to me is if we embrace and if we hug. Whereas an avoidant attachment style might say, I need love and therefore I need space. Those two like literally butt up against each other. And so you have almost 50% of the population that are always causing these unintentional rifts and disconnection in their relationship and internalizing, thinking that maybe this person doesn't love them. When in reality, that's not actually the case. Their love languages, their attachment styles are just not necessarily integrated and they don't know how to find the common middle or how to find a solution to their challenge. So you came up prior to us recording with three steps. Can we go through those? Hey everyone, this is Alicia Romanowicz. I wanted to take a second and give a shout out to Alan and Amelia. I've been listening to Next Level University podcast um, for a while now. And I've also joined in on group coaching and book club and I've gained so much value from these. And recently I have started listening to the Conscious Couple podcast and then joined in on their their monthly meetups with relationship talks. And um, from here, my wife and I decided to jump on a call with them and we had a few questions. Um, 
This has just been a great experience. They not only provided us with some great tips and things to implement, they also got back with us and to check and see how we were doing. And that has just meant so much to my wife and I. And I just really wanted to give a shout out and thank them so much. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast or join in on the relationship talks, I highly recommend that. And also just jump on a call with them and get to know them a little bit better and just really lean into this resource. It's just been so valuable and I really appreciate it. Yeah. So three steps when it comes to if now that you're aware of what a trigger is, or if you might be in a triggered state, first thing is to identify. Obviously, like now that you have this awareness, you can identify what might be a triggered state for you, right? That's step number one, because that's so, so basic. But I think having heightened awareness to your experience, your state is super critical. Number two, babe, the the second one that we had said is sharing that out loud. When you're in a relationship, people aren't mind readers. And we did a whole episode about this, but like at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to read my mind while us being in a relationship, very open and expressive of our needs. You can probably pick up, pick up now when I'm in a triggered state. Cause I'm like probably going to take my space cause I'm more avoidant attachment style when it comes to my relationship and you're more anxious conditioned. Um, we're secured in our relationship, but when we get triggered, we go back to our old attachment styles, right? Mm-hmm. So step number two is to actually voice it out loud when you are triggered. And you and I have done an incredible job and I'll give us that. We actually have verbiage um, that is literally as simple as, babe, I think I'm triggered right now. And I think that a lot of couples or I'm hijacked. Hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of couples, you know, they think it has to be far more complex than this, but it really doesn't have to be. All of it is like when you identify then you then you say it out loud, babe, I think I'm hijacked right now. And it, so long as you know within your relationship what that actually means, it means you're triggered. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I know that ang- uh, Alan, when he's triggered, he has an anxious <clears throat> attachment style. Okay, so what does he need in that moment? This is step number three. Express your needs effectively. This is where I find a lot of people, and babe, I know you and I have seen this in our relationship coaching where they're afraid to express their needs. Why? Because usually when they grew up, their needs were not actually met with the care that they needed at that moment. So like if you think about just like a crying baby, how often is it that when baby cries, you know, someone knows that, oh, it's because they have to go to the bathroom or, oh, because they need a bottle or, oh, because they just want to, they just want love. They just want, you know, to be held up against the mom or the dad's skin. Right. So like it's all trying to interpret all these needs, but awesome part is when you're an adult and when you actually have the communication, you can say, Hey, I'm triggered right now. I just identified this, babe. I'm hijacked. What I need is some reassurance. Are we okay? And if not, this is the biggest part, especially when it comes to anxious attachment styles is saying, okay, well, if we're not okay, and if I can't get that from my partner, then I need to know how to self-soothe. And that's one one thing, babe, that you actually said in that coaching call that I think was really important to bring up here. So step number three, like I just had mentioned, is when you when you actually voice it, effectively express what you need. And depending upon your attachment style, you might need something different. Like for me, it's like, babe, I just need like a minute to collect my thoughts, to get some distance, but like we're good. Like I'll come back and if we're not okay, then I'll let you know. But you've done a really good job self-soothing in those moments that I know not a lot of people have developed that skill yet. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out where to where to go next with this, but that's I guess um, think about yourself. Think about what is your attachment style. Mm. So in my past relationships, it's very clear to me that I was the avoidant. Mm -hmm. Um, and now in our relationship, when I am triggered, I tend to be the anxious, Mm -hmm. uh, and you, I think are assuming the avoidant role. And I don't know if that's always been your role in past relationships. Yeah. Yep. But the idea underneath this, the why underneath this, it's fear, fear of hurting the other partner, Mm -hmm. fear of screwing something up when you're triggered, fear of saying something you wish you didn't say, fear of doing something you wish you didn't do. Mm -hmm. That's why the person's an avoidant. When it comes to the anxious attachment style, I think it's fear of not being loved, fear of not being good enough, fear of um, not being heard or seen or mm-hmm. understood, fear that valued. things won't work out, fear of not being valued. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, I, I also don't want to, uh, some people sometimes will be avoidant and sometimes people will be anxious and sometimes they flip flop, but you typically have one really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority of your relationship hopefully will be spent where both partners are secure. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a couple scenarios. So imagine both partners are growth-oriented, secure human beings who can self-soothe easily, who are amazing at effective communication, and who trust each other deeply and dearly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that couple, excuse me, speaking of triggers, um, mm-hmm. that couple, yeah, least favorite sound in the world, right? You <laughs> gotta wake up. Everybody wake up. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Um, but that couple that I just described with all those wonderful character traits is going to flourish. Mm -hmm. But when things get tough, when people get triggered, when past traumas come up, imagine two people who are both triggered, both unresourceful, both hungry and didn't get good sleep and they're both overwhelmed at work. Mm -hmm. They're going to unintentionally cause triggers with one another. Mm. And you got to know how to handle that so that you don't hurt your relationship so you don't hurt each other and that's really the goal so what we want you thinking about in this episode we got to go here is which attachment style is your tendency Mm -hmm. are you spending most of your time in your relationship in the secure attachment style and if not why not Mm -hmm. and next time that you're triggered what do you want to use with your partner hopefully you're listening to this with your partner if you're not invite them in Mm -hmm. what word do you want to use we use hijacked or triggered you can use that if you want um, Emilia said this to me just the other day. I think you're hijacked right now. This was actually earlier today. I think you're yeah. hijacked right now. Yeah. And I was, I was amped up and I was very passionate about something I've been growing through. Yeah. Um, and she said, I think you're hijacked right now. Don't worry. We're going to be good. I just got to take this call right now. Yeah. And so this is really, really useful stuff. And, and that way I'm not sitting there like, oh, she doesn't love me or doesn't care. Right. Um, and, and so just communicate more effectively, hopefully after this episode. Okay. So now we got to go. Uh, but before we do, we have a relationship talks event on building lasting trust in your relationship Thursday, October 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can come in. It's private. It's not recorded. If you're a listener to this show, you are part of the conscious couples community. Mm. You do not want to um, just go through life hoping it all works out like other people. Mm-hmm. Right? This is not the Disney Channel. Your relationship is not just going to sail off into the sunset without any work and without any learning and without any awareness. Mm-hmm. We want to help you achieve your dreams together. We want to help you flourish together. We want to help you and your family flourish together. Mm-hmm. And the way we're going to do that is by building trust on uh, at this event. We do these every single month. This is going to be the 16th one or 15th one. I'm not 100% sure. October 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, please click the link in the show notes and we will see you there. 
And if you're someone who's listening to this episode and you're realizing as we talk about this that you might have some degree of awareness of what your triggers are um, or that your partner might be triggering you and you want to start to breach that conversation very lightly and very delicately and with a very loving approach because you want to grow together, not apart with your partner, we... Alan and I dedicate, and we say this in every single episode, but we dedicate a free, completely private one-on-one space. That's a safe zone for anyone that wants to approach these conversations. It's completely non-judgment. It's free. It's completely private. And it's for genuinely anyone within our conscious couples community that wants to um, have a safe space to talk about this stuff. Because you know, growing up, we didn't have that. And we didn't have an open door at any time. You know, and, and I think that it's been so rewarding to have these dialogues with our community members because, you know, maybe you don't have that person that you can rely on and not have a biased, you know, opinion, if you will. You know, this stuff Alan and I study all the time and we help so many people around the world with different backgrounds with some of these most basic things that makes us human. So, if you want to join us in that and you want us 100% dedicated to you, please click the the link in the show notes and we will be waiting for you when you book that. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be waiting for you we'll at the link. Waiting no, for you. Please book on our calendars and we'll see you every, every uh, whatever Saturday that you book. Um, yeah, again, those are totally private and uh, we look forward to meeting you. We love to meet our listeners mm-hmm. and uh, we're very much looking forward to meeting you and helping you. If we talked about these things more, we would master them more mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be so taboo. So yeah. hopefully that's that's what comes of it. As always, it's not about me or you. It's about the we. The we. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be waiting. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Conscious Couples Podcast. We love connecting with the Conscious Couples community, so please make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at Evolve with Amelia, and Alan is a Lazarus88. Also, if you or your partner resonated with this episode, leave us a review at the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone you love and care about. Until next time, remember, it's not about you or me. It's about the we.